It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along your favorite podcast location. Whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, we are really appreciative of you taking the time to download, listen, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And you're probably saying to yourself, what? You guys have a podcast? How is that possible? Well... We do, and if you are a fan of the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could tell your friends about the podcast as well, especially if they are racing fans. So tell them to check it out. All they got to do is either go to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Go to the search, type in Southern Race Week, and you can find us, listen to us, and also subscribe to the podcast because if you are a subscriber, you will always get a notification with a new episode of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is up and available for you to tune in and listen into. And we have another jam-packed podcast. Keep it locked in. Coming up on the program this week, we will be talking with Rick Minner of the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame to discuss the class of 2023 that will be inducted into the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. Also, NASCAR insider Alan Kavana will bring us the latest in NASCAR news and information that you need. And then also NHRA funny car driver and owner Chris King will talk about racing back at his home track in Chicago when the NHRA series returns to Chicago for the first time in four years coming up this weekend. But before we get into our great interviews, as always at around this time, we love to bring you the racing recap of all the racing action that took place over the weekend as we take a look at all the action that took place triple header weekend at darlington with trucks xfinity and the cup series so let's take a look at all the action from nascar at darlington last weekend first in the truck series as christian eckes and the number 19 chevrolet came away with the victory stuart friesen was your runner-up tanner gray in third william byron with a fourth place finish and carson hostover rounding out the top five and uh, taking a look at the current Truck Series standings right now, Zane Smith with two wins on the season is your number one ranked driver. Christian Eckes is second also with two wins. Corey Hine in third position with a win. Grant Enfinger is fourth with a win. Carson Hosever is fifth with a win. And then these drivers do not have a win on the season so far, but into the playoffs via points. That's Chai Majeski in sixth, Ben Rhodes seventh, Matt Crafton eighth, Tanner Gray ninth, and Nick Sanchez rounding out the top five. Over to the results of what happened in the Xfinity Series as Kyle Larson rallied from 30th, starting the final stage, bumping John Hunter Nemechek, coming off the final turn as the two raced to the finish line to win the Xfinity Series race at Darlington Raceway last Saturday. Larson, the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion, was making his first start of the season in the AAA Series. It looked like his chances at a win ended when he was assessed a pit road speeding penalty that dropped him to 30th before the final stretch. But there was Larson alongside Nemechek at the end to pull off his 14th career Xfinity victory. Justin Allgaier, who won the previous two spring Xfinity races at Darlington, was second. Cole Custer was third. And points leader Austin Hill was fourth. And then John Hunter Nemechek rounding out the top five. And taking a look at the standings right now in the Xfinity Series, Austin Hill with three wins of the season is your number one ranked driver. John Hunter Nemechek with two wins of the season is ranked number two. Chandler Smith in third with a win. Sammy Smith in fourth with a win. And Jeb Burton is in fifth position with a win. And then drivers six through 12 are 
do not have a win on the season, but into the playoffs right now with points. That's uh, Cole Custer in sixth, Justin Allgaier seventh, Josh Berry in eighth, Sheldon Creed in nine, Riley Herbst in tenth, Sam Mayer in eleventh, and Daniel Hemrick rounding out the top three. Taking a look at the action from the Cup Series last weekend at Darlington, William Byron saw Ross Chastain and Hendrick Motorsports teammate Kyle Larson ahead of him late at Darlington Raceway last Sunday. Byron made sure he was prepared for the fireworks he thought could happen. Boom! They went off, and Byron moved in front when Chastain and Larson wrecked while racing for the lead on a restart with six laps left, then held off Kevin Harvick in overtime to win the Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway last Sunday. Chastain and Larson have raced each other over tooth and nail this season, with incidents impacting potential wins at Talladega and Dover heading into the track too tough to tame. It didn't take a rocket scientist. Byron is taking college courses at Liberty University, and they know the two might tangle again. He got away cleanly from Harvick on the green-white checkered finish for his third win this season and seventh of his career. Harvick was second. Chase Elliott third, his best finish since returning to NASCAR from a broken leg while snowboarding. Brad Keselowski with fourth, and Bubba Wallace rounding out the top five. Take a look at the Cup Series standings so far this season. William Byron with three wins on the season is your number one ranked driver. Kyle Larson in second with two wins. Kyle Busch in third with two wins. Christopher Bell with one win on the season. Denny Hamlin is fifth with a win. Martin Truex Jr. in sixth with a win. Tyler Reddick in seventh with a win. Joey Logano is eighth with a win. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is in ninth position with a win. Ross Chastain is 10th with no win on the season. Kevin Harvick is 11th, also with no win. Ryan Blaney is 12th with no win. Brad Keselowski in 13th without a win. Chris Buescher in 14th without a win. Bubba Wallace in 15th position without a win. And Chase Briscoe rounds out the top 16, also without a win on the season. Over to IndyCar action from last weekend. Alex Palau inherited the lead on lap 66, then drove away from the pack last Saturday to win the Indianapolis Grand Prix by 16 seconds over Pato Award. It's Palau's first win of 11 career starts at Indy, his first of the season and the first for Chip Ganassi Racing since Marcus Erickson won the season opener in March. The victory also sent the 2021 IndyCar Series champion into the points lead, six ahead of Pato Award, who has been the runner-up three times in five races this season. And Marcus Erickson is your third-ranked driver right now in points in the IndyCar Series. And if you want to check out points in the NHRA Series, see how that's coming along, just head on over to NHRA.com and click on Standings. And take a look at racing action coming up this weekend. The NHRA will be back in action May 19th through the 21st in Chicago, Illinois for the Gerber Collision and Glass NHRA Nationals presented by Peak Performance and should be a great one. So make sure you check out for television coverage. Head on over to NHRA.com and click on TV Schedule. Also coming up this weekend at North Wilkesboro Speedway, the Truck Series and the Cup Series will be in action. The Tyson 250 will be coming up on Saturday, May 20th, 2023. 1.30 p.m. is when the green flag will drop. You can catch the race on the Big Fox, the Motor Racing Network, and Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. And then coming up on Sunday, May 21st, it's going to be the NASCAR All-Star Open and race as well. And you can catch that action on FS1. 
the Motor Racing Network, and Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. The green flag will drop Sunday night at 6 p.m. So there you go. That is your racing recap of all the action that happened last weekend. And keep it locked in. More of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast underway for you right now here on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Hey, this is Ryan Truex, and you're listening to Southern Race Week Radio. Hi, race fans. Welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week presented by Spectrum Resorts. If you're looking for a great place to go, check out Spectrum Resorts. If you're looking for some place on the Gulf Coast, like if you're going down to Pensacola and going to go to Five Flags Speedway, or you're going to Mobile Speedway, you got a place that you can stay, two different places. Anyway, on the old Food Depot hotline here, Every year, it's time for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame to uh, pick out some new inductees. And Rick Minner, longtime NASCAR and longtime short track uh, reporter, cover, uh, media outlet, you name it, this man knows everybody and everybody knows him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on the Food Depot Hotline, Rick Minner. Rick, thanks for being on the show again, brother. Well, thank y'all for having me. Man, I tell you what, man, Rick, uh, you know, you, uh, you've you seen a lot of things. Before we start talking about the Georgia Hall of Fame, you have seen a lot of transitions in the world of racing, have you not? <laughs> I have. I've been around a long time, so I have seen a lot. Now, the, the one, what, what's the one good thing out of all the, speaking of NASCAR side, What's the one good thing that you've seen that's come out of all these changes over the last 20 years? The safety stuff they've come up with, the soft walls and working on the cars and, you know, better helmets and seat belts and all that. That's, that's the biggest thing. Cause y'all, y'all know from, from being around a racetrack, nothing's worse than having to write about a tragedy. Yeah. And you know, that's just, it's not, it's not a good thing. And to their credit, they, they kind of got behind, but, with things and they after Earnhardt got killed I actually already started on it some but that really set it in gear and they got where it's not so dangerous to drive these things but they still still get you hurt and still get you killed so can't ever can't ever say everything's fixed but I, I think that that's the biggest thing I've seen is a safety aspect yeah I would agree I would agree um I mean you know when when I tell you what man when Ryan Newman walked out of that hospital after that last accident of his I just said the Lord was holding his, <laughs> Jesus took the wheel on that one. I tried everybody. I mean, that was amazing. You know, I, I had about quit going to the NASCAR races about him, but Ryan and I have been good friends and we both love antique tractors. We had, you know, pretty good, we had a pretty good conversation that, uh, weekend leading up to the race. That's when it came out that he and Chris had split up and we, we talked about some personal stuff. And I, when I saw that wreck, I thought, man, I hope that's not the last conversation I ever had with him. And, and I know he doesn't remember a whole lot about what went on other than that picture. You saw him walking out of the hospital. The first thing he really remembered when I talked to him a few weeks later, but I was also personally kind of happy. The next picture he posted was he and his daughters were out fishing and he had on the Inman farm here at his day's t-shirt. So I appreciate him giving us a little shout out there, there when he was go. in the public eye. So that was, that was fun. Uh, you still doing the, uh, the farm track? Oh yeah. We, we're, we're mostly doing the shows now I'm, I'm okay. on social security and, and, kind of retired but we were we've, we've actually added a second show in march in addition to our Edmund farm heritage days in september so we're having two two shows a year and we're the 26th year this year of our farm heritage day so mm-hmm. we're working hard already getting ready for that this year so any of our people that like old stuff can come down and check it out but you can find us on facebook or on our webpage if you want to find more information about that all right well as it gets closer to that make sure we get you back on the show and everything talk about that let's talk about some of these new inductees for this year uh, into the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, 
the actual Dutch E uh, is going to be August the 5th, uh, and people can buy tickets and uh, for that at the Georgia uh, Hall of Fame or the acronym HOF dot uh, com. But um, but it's you know, Georgia Racing HOF. Georgia Racing HOF. Okay. Yeah, HOF. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My eyes are going bad here. <laughs> but one name. I mean, several names stick out to me as as being you know great leaders of racing. But oh, Ed Clark, man, Ed Clark making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, this first time on the ballot for him and. He, he and Gordon Perkle that founded the Hall of Fame were the top two vote getters, and deservedly so, because, you know, Ed's put his whole career into, into NASCAR, even before he came here. He worked at Bristol and Charlotte and Nashville, and he, he, has, he has a great resume, and he did a good job, because, as, as y'all know from being on the media side, it's, it's a tough market for NASCAR in Atlanta a lot of times, and they don't get full credit around the circuit for what they do here, but he, he did a masterful job of steering that speedway for a lot of years, and he, he very much deserves being in, and it also he's you know he's dabbled in racing. He ran a uh, NASCAR Baby Grand race at Rockingham back in the day, and he also turned out to be a pretty fair legends and Thunder um, Rocha driver on the little track at Atlanta. Yep, sure did, sure did. Another another name that sticks out to me that uh, has a lot of great ties to Southern Race Week, and 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 I guess you could say like Ed and you kind of like we're like a family, if you will, in the last twenty something years we've known each other, but. Um, you know the man that took a took a piece of his farm and turned it into a three eighth mile dirt oval. Hence Pollard, man, that's a great one. From a personal standpoint, I was really tickled to see him get in because I don't know whether how many people know it or not, but when I was seventeen years old, there's a little country store down here on ninety two highway where I live, and I was down there one day. And Hence was a Hence Pollard was a he was a sawmiller and came to your farm, cut wood, hauled it. We were in there, you know, a bunch of men and a little kid, me at the time, were visiting around. He called me outside when he left, and I thought I'd said something wrong, made him mad. And he, he went out to his truck, and he gave me a season pass. Wow. I said, Mr. Pollard, I don't deserve a season pass. He said, no, you you talk up racing. I want you to be at my races. And said, it, it's good for any race we have. Just come on. And I felt like I owed him something for uh, giving me that pass. So I started calling in race results to WBIE. I don't know if anybody remembers that FM station, and WPLOAM. And I sent in a little paragraph to the Atlanta papers because my dad was an editor at that time. And they had strict nepotism rules, so you couldn't really work there, but they could take your little stuff you sent in. But that's how I got started in the racing reporting was from hence giving me a season pass. So I always felt like, you know, whatever I've done, it's, it's somewhat due to him giving me an opportunity to get started there. So it means a lot to me. And you know, he was only 53 years old when he passed away, but his, his son, Sonny Pollard, if anybody knew both of them, they're, they're just alike. Sonny works so hard, and they both race and run that racetrack down there. So no raceway, it's just, just their passion. They're not down there to make any money. They just want to give everybody a nice place to race and do something that's a credit to the sport. And Sonny's kids, you know, Vic, uh, Andrea and Bubba, they go off and she's a spotter and tire specialist, and he's a driver. They go off and really represent our area well. He, he may be one of the top two or three best-known short track drivers in the country. Yeah. And his other grandson, Philip Bell, works on the uh, Legacy Motor Club, uh, Noah Gregson's car. He's an engineer for that car in the Cup Series. So his his legacy lived on, even though his life was relatively short. And I think that had a lot to do with him getting voted in, that his family has carried on what he was doing because he he, he was a great promoter when I was down there. And he, he's one of the promoters, as you all know, the best promoters sit up on top of the up by the grandstand and look at look at their races from a fan's perspective right. instead of being at the pits arguing about spoilers and cubic inches and stuff like that they they look at it from a fan perspective and he 
he did what it took to keep his drivers down there. I know it's a legendary story about him buying Mike Hedge engine. He, Mike didn't pay for his engine and get it out of the engine shop, and he missed a race and hence got the money and paid for his engine. And Mike, till his dying day, was loyal to Sonora Raceway. And I've seen other drivers come up there to the pay window after the race was over and throwing up their cars. It, it wouldn't be the superstar. It'd be just working folks. They say, well, you know, they say, well, you're going to be back next week. So no, nah, Mr. Hans, I can't afford to come back. Well, how many think it take to fix your car? And I remember one guy told him oh, about $75 and Hans just reached in his pocket and gave the guy $75. You know, you just don't see that in the world yeah. anymore like that. It, that, that <clears> there's <throat> things he did. I know one time I was down there and he they had a guy and two of them arguing over like a photo finish for second place. They came up there and hence before they even got started, he just paid them both for second. Wow. And I said, I said, man, that was a nice thing. He said, well, really, it's not that expensive to do so. I had to pay one of them for third anyway, so all, I, all, I, all it cost me was the difference in second and third place money that made two people happy. But it, this this time after time, you know, incidents of things he did to, to, to just show his sportsmanship and his passion for the sport. So he really deserves to be in there to me. If you just joined us here, we got Rick Mentor on the Old Food Depot hotline here talking about the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame and talking about the new inductees. And we're talking about uh, Hens Pollard there uh, and, um, you know, founder and uh, the developer of uh, what it's Sonora Raceway today, back to being dirt. You know, I did not know that he was only 53 years old, man. That's how old I am, for goodness sakes, man. Come on. Well, you know, Miss Reba was killed in an accident, tragically, like right around the corner from my house, and she was only 66 when she died. So mm. both of them left a great mark on racing, but they didn't live long enough to really enjoy the fruits of their labor. But, you know, at least Hans is getting his due coming up now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, people can take tours of the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame and everything, uh, and it's also a great venue for, for people to have uh, different uh, events and stuff like that. So the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame is not just about the awards banquet, but it's it's truly a great place to go visit and hang out. And that's a, a great credit to, to, to Gordon Perkle that's going in the Hall of Fame this year. He's resisted in the past having his name on the ballot. And we just kind of told him, say, look, we're going to put your name on there. And if you get in, you get in. If you don't, you don't. And uh, he was he's finally okay with it. But he he has been like a seven-day-a-week, all-day-long volunteer at that thing. He's put his own money into it a lot of times. But he, it wouldn't be a Hall of Fame up there if it wasn't for Gordon. And he's he's been a big part of the sport even before then. If y'all, if y'all ever been to the Dawsonville Pro Room, the, the walls up there have old racing clippings. Yep. And any, any reporter that comes, TV or print or whatever comes to Georgia oh, for years that wanted to get racing history would go interview Gordon. So he spent a lot of time helping media people sort of find their way back through the history of Georgia racing. So he's he's also also very deserving. All right, then. Well, again, let's remind people if they want to find out more about uh, the inductee ceremony and get a ticket, where do we need to point them to, brother? GeorgiaRacingHOF.com. All right. I also want to give a shout-out to Sandy Goss and Bob Leach, two, two drivers from back in the early, like, Peach Bowl and early racetrack at Macon and Jefferson days. They were, they were great drivers. And then Sandy went on to build race cars for years. So Sandy Goss and Bob Leach also worthy of getting mentioned on the show here. Hey, this is Brandon Jones, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie. As we continue on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line as we get set for racing this weekend at Darlington, also next weekend at North Wilkesboro Speedway. You can catch him on NASCAR.com. He also does the pre-race coverage for the E-NASCAR 
Coca-Cola iRacing Series. He's This guy's just all over the place. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a NASCAR insider. He is Mr. Alan Kavana. Mr. Kavana. Thank you so much once again for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Awesome. Always good to hear that intro. I think you're, I think you spiked the audio, man. Too crazy. You're awesome. <laughs> hey, when we have a, like we like to say, when we have a big deal guest on, we always got to give them a big deal introduction. And you're definitely a big uh, deal, sir. You're all over the place. When it comes to uh, NASCAR, we see you normally on NASCAR.com, uh, giving uh, NASCAR previews and everything like that. So uh, we're glad that you're taking the time and had a couple of minutes to join us here. Uh, real quickly, before we get into going here, I wanted to touch on a subject here that I've been dying to ask you about. Um, just recently, a few weeks ago, Legacy has uh, joined up with Toyota, and uh, next year Toyota will be a part of Legacy Racing. Um, this seems to be such a big deal to Toyota legacy and nascar why is it why is it such a big deal it's a huge deal because toyota needs players and they just got an enormous one in the fact of jimmy johnson as an owner and now two young good drivers eric jones proven winner and noah gregson a good young rookie young driver who should only continue to improve that is now under the toyota fold and in a in an era of racing where information from the manufacturer is so important and numbers on your side are so important. Toyota has just added more bullets to their gun. If you want to look at it that way, Chevy is the top dog right now in terms of speed. Ford has done plenty of winning defending champions, obviously, but Toyota has always been limited in its numbers ever since it joined back in 2008 for the longest time. It only had four teams, four out of the 36 for the longest time were Toyotas. Then it jumped up to six when they added 2311 Racing. That's still only six out of the 36 teams. Now they're going to have eight creeping up closer and closer. A huge deal for Toyota, a bigger deal for Legacy Motor Club, who wasn't getting the support or speed that they needed from Chevrolet. And I think it's just crazy that Chevrolet has somehow let Jimmy Johnson walk away from its manufacturer. Jimmy Johnson was, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Johnson had a tattoo of Chevy somewhere on his body. And now he's going to work with Toyota for the first time in his career. It's crazy to me how all this came together, but it's a huge win for legacy, big win for Toyota. And as I mentioned, this is probably one of the biggest moves that Jimmy Johnson has made as an owner. Speaking with NASCAR insider, Alan Kavan on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Now, Alan, and just a couple of weeks, we'll be heading to North Wilkesboro Speedway uh, for the All-Star event. And really, it's a week of activity with so much going on. The Cars Tour Series, uh, you got the uh, trucks, Xfinity Cup, everything that's going to be going on, all the entertainment. And, uh, you know, for the 75th season of NASCAR, as we celebrate that, to head back to North Wilkesboro to have an event is amazing. To see the change, uh, the transformation uh, of that track. I remember watching a video of abandoned uh, racetracks and watch the video specifically on North Wilkesboro and to see how it is then and how it is now. Wow. What, a, what an amazing feat that SMI did. And you've been out there to the track a few times to check out the progress of construction uh, from your point of view and your eyes being on site. Wh what, what are your thoughts on seeing the, the all new improved North Wilkesboro? No, it's amazing. I mean, look, even two years ago, not even if you said, yeah, we're going to have a cup series race here. 
you would have thought, okay, we're, you're crazy. Like that'll never happen. I mean, it's been decades since they've run a cup race there. It's been, you know, years since they've run anything there. And now you're telling me, yeah, we're going to make this into a cup level facility once again. Well, guess what? As they've done in the past, the folks at SMI have done it again. They got some, uh, you know, some great money from the COVID relief package, what have you. Uh, and that was applied to bring NASCAR racing back to North Wilkesboro. It's crazy to think about all the pieces that went into it. But once it was an option, you know, Marcus Smith and SMI and everybody made it happen. And that's crazy to see. And each time I've been there, it looks uh, just the progress and the timeline they've had to do it on has been crazy. And every time I go there, it almost, you know, it, it changes the landscape. Every single time you go there, it gets better and better while also trying to keep the, uh, the, the old aspects of it. That that's, was really important to them. If you're into cars, they call it like a resto mod, where you want the look of the old car, but you want all the cool gadgets and Wi-Fi inside, right? Like that's what they're doing to North Wilkesboro. They're keeping it looking old and cool on the outside, but they're bringing all the amenities to the inside, if you will. And the best part of it, Alfie, they've touched everything. They've turned over, repainted, rewired, whatever you want to call it, everything to that racetrack except the surface the surface is the same which means it's like that really gritty sandpaper that's just going to cut down tires and should prevent and should promote really good racing and one of the pictures i really enjoyed is they have the old school scoreboard out there where they can change the numbers manually so i thought that was an excellent kind of uh, old school touch um, to that facility um alan we're here in the state of georgia which is always chase elliott country um, obviously he got hurt. He's back in the car. He's got even, you know, he's got to get the top 30 in the points and a win and he'll qualify for the playoffs. It, will there be any, will there be, uh, will that happen? That's what's tough. Actually, the top 30 rule no longer is in place for him or anybody in the cup series. You just have to get that win and have the waiver. He's already got the waiver. He can get in on points if he's within the top 16 or as we saw last year you have to be the top driver in points without a victory if you want to point your way in or he can just do it the easy way for chase elliott and get that damn victory now um he's been running well uh since the injury you know we haven't heard any any worse for wear obviously it can't be easy going around you know nursing and rehabbing that injured leg but you know we have seen some we have seen some opportunities, I want to say, go by. Like, I thought he would be better in Dover, a track that he's won at before. I thought he would be better at Kansas. We saw him leading, but Hendrick at the end just didn't have the speed. Well, Kyle Larson sort of did, but not not the nine car. Um, you know, So when you need a win, you have to take advantage of these opportunities at these tracks where you've won before. Uh, because it's looking more and more likely, he's right on that that edge of, how many points you, you know, trying to predict how many you may need to point your way in. Uh, you don't want to be in that situation if you're the nine team. You just want to get in with a win and get it done. I'm worried about him missing some of the opportunities so far because he's in a situation, Alfie, where second place, not going to cut it. Or it could very well be that, right? Where second place is great, yes, but second place may not cut it when it comes down to the end of this. And even Chase Elliott himself will say, look, if I haven't won by August, we're probably not in a position to win a championship anyway. So he's, he's being realistic, but I, I'm thinking the only way he does it is win. And the sooner that happens for him, the better. Well, Alan, we always appreciate you taking time to join us here on Southern Racing Radio. If our listeners want to follow along with you and keep up with the latest in NASCAR news and information, uh, we're going to go to keep up with you and follow along with you, my friend. 
please hit me up on Twitter at Alan Cavana or Facebook, Instagram, Copa Cavana. You find me on there. I'll have all my work up there and uh, keep you educated. And uh, I appreciate you all watching on Thursdays and, and Mondays with Speed Sport and Tuesdays with iRacing. I try to keep busy. Hey, guys, this is Jansen Marshbanks, Tour and 12 driver of the Cars Tour. And you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week. I'm WB, and as always, we like to give you up to speed on any kind of racing that's going on, especially if it's got four wheels and goes real fast, because that's the only kind of racing we cover. Uh, but anyway, here on the show, we love it to talk about uh, the drag racing series. Funny car driver Chris King is making his comeback to 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 racing in the funny car series, and he's still. As a, he's still a fireman in Chicago. Chris, how are you going to juggle your careers? <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's uh, it, it's definitely a challenge, but uh, the schedule with a firefighter, I work one day on, two days off, and then I'm allowed to uh, trade days away. So between my vacation time and making some work trades at work, it, uh, it allows me to get out there and uh, pursue my dreams of racing a funny car. Well, listen, I've got a brother-in-law that is a fireman, and uh, – I understand, and, and trust me, I mean, having those days to be able to float is, is definitely uh, comes in handy. Now, you re- you raced in 2021 uh, in three races, and you qualified in all three of them. Now, coming to Chicago, and that being your home track of sorts there, uh, what's it going to be like to get back into the funny car and, and the home court advantage? You know, I'm, I'm excited to be uh, coming back and debuting through Joliet. I've always wanted to race there in the Nitro category. Um, I got to say, I'm nervous. I'm excited. You know, I can't wait. I'm not sleeping well because I'm so excited about this. I'm actually at O'Hare Airport right now, hopping on a plane to go to Omaha to do some work on the car with Terry Totten, who's my crew chief out of his shop, so we can get some things finished up. So it's been uh, it's been uh, a lot of work in a short period of time, but uh, we're going to have this thing ready to go, and I'm excited to put it down the track and put on a good show for friends, family, local firefighters, and, of course, all the great NHRA fans. Now let's talk. I mean, let's just let's just get the reality here. Now, funny cars, that's that's the, that's the big dog. I mean, you you would want to you didn't want to just come back in and and start off in a you know on a top fuel or something like that. You went straight for the gusto, buddy. Yeah, I've always been a funny car guy. Um, I've had some offers to drive top fuel dragsters, and of course, all those offers want me to bring money to the table. But if I'm going to spend money, um, I, I want to do what I love, and that's funny cars. I grew up you know, around funny cars with alcohol, funny cars with my buddy Andy, and then got into driving those myself. And I've just always been a big fan of funny cars, and that's, that's where I'm going to stay. If you just join us here, we've got uh, Chris King. He is going to be uh, stepping back into the NHRA arena. Now, Chris, if somebody wants to find you and follow you, uh, what's your social handle we can point people to, or what's the, what's the website we can tell people about? You guys can catch me on Facebook at Chris King Racing. Catch me on Instagram at Funny Car Fireman CK or on Twitter at Squad One Firefighter CK. All right, then. Now, what are your what are your firefighter friends say about all this? Well, it depends who you talk to. Some of them are really excited and think it's cool, and others think I'm nuts. Um, <laughs> but mo- most of them, you know, most of them are like me. They're adrenaline junkies, and they see hot rods and cars, and, and they all have hobby cars or some kind of things in the background. So they're all pretty excited out about it and uh you know it's cool to get their support what's really cool is uh going around the country as a firefighter every race i go to local firemen or people who are in in the first responder business always make their way to my pit to shake my hand and say hi 
and let me know that they're firefighters also and that they're pulling for me. So across the country, we got a big brotherhood of firefighters supporting this fireman trying to follow his dreams. Now, how long have you been racing and, and versus how long have you been uh, working as a firefighter? So I've been a fireman for 27 years Ooh. and uh, I'm second generation. My dad was a fireman and I followed in his footsteps because I just grew up in the firehouse and loved it. And he was also a gearhead, and that's kind of why I fell into racing and automotive. And then uh, the racing aspect, I started racing dirt bikes when I was 10 years old and got into motocross. After breaking lots of bones and deciding motorcycles were too dangerous, I decided to strap myself into a 11,000-horsepower funny car because it was safer. It was safer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a lot safer than a motorcycle. My wife wife will not let me or allow me to have a motorcycle uh, because of just that same exact reason. But, um, you know, it's funny because I'll tell her, it's like, listen, I'm going to go over to Atlanta Motor Speedway and I'm going to drive a race car uh, over there and I'm going to do this or do that or whatever else. She's like, I'm going to go test out some new Corvettes or whatever. She's like, I don't care. Just don't get on a motorcycle. Just don't get on That's a motorcycle. That's right. Well, listen. Yeah, pe- people think I'm nuts for sure. Well, listen, we appreciate your service as a firefighter and everything, and we wish you all the luck in the world, man. Chris King, y'all need to go check him out and uh, make sure you find him, follow him. And, uh, and uh, you know, one last question. Do you know who's going to be the sponsor for your car coming up at Chicago? Yeah, we actually have a sponsorship set up with Competition Products and Howard Cans as a primary sponsor on this car for three races. And then we have associate sponsors who have been helping us along the way for a long time, along with competition products and Howard's cams. We have red lion oil. Who's been a big supporter of us. Reed rocker arms who supply our rocker assemblies on, on the uh, big show car. And, uh, I can't, I can't say enough about Chip Lofton and Vita C-Shot and also Strut Masters. They got me my start and putting me in connection with a lot of the right people to make my debut in uh, Nitro Funny Car. So uh, with those people and a, a bunch of others, Total Flow Heads, uh, you know, JJ Supply out of North Carolina with fire suppression stuff, there's a lot of people that are small but help me out, and it, it makes a big difference. Well, how many people are on your, on your team that get, getting ready for this race here? So right now we actually have a pretty decent sized crew because it's all local Chicago guys. Most of the time we have about four or five guys that'll come with us to the far races, but being a home track, I was able to pick up a couple of Luigi Novelli's guys since he's not racing. They're, they're dying to go back to the track. So they volunteered to come help me out. And then, uh, I got a couple friends that work in alcohol cars that are coming to help out and then family members coming. So we're going to have a pretty decent crew at this race, but normally we're a, a skeleton crew of volunteers of whoever I can find to come racing with us. All right, then. Well, Chris King, again, let's uh, remind people of where they can find you on all the social platforms so that we can follow you and uh, keep uh, keep up with everything you've got going on, man. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, all the help in the world is needed, and uh, keep rooting for us underdogs. We're going to be out there making a difference and uh, trying to ruin those big dogs' day. Well, good luck to you, buddy. And I will, I will tell you, that uh, we do have a jinx here on Southern Race Week when it, when it comes to interviewing race drivers, especially guys that are coming back into or especially guys that are going to be racing uh, for the first time coming up at a certain track that we've never talked about. And Chicago is one we've never talked about. So if you will get the jinx, you will end up winning in Chicago. That's the jinx. You come on the show, you end up winning your next race. Well, I like that. There you go. There you go. Chris King, we appreciate you, brother, and you have a great day, and uh, we'll see you in the track in Chicago and hopefully find your, uh, find yourself in the, holding a Wally at the end of the day. 
if that happens, I'm going to thank you first. I appreciate it. Take care. Hey, listeners, this is Jamie Little from NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. This is Alfie as we wrap up this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And if you want to listen to this episode all over again, you'll be able to do so on Monday. That is when we normally will upload the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, and you can listen to any previous week's editions of Southern Race Week Radio right there. Just head on over to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and while you're there, we'd really appreciate it if you downloaded, listened, and subscribed to the podcast as well. And uh, so much to go over. Uh, first of all, I want to take the time to uh, thank our guest, Rick Menner of the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, for joining the program to break down the, of the inductees for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame class of 2023. Also, Doug Turnbull of the Performance Racing Network. Appreciate him joining us and breaking down the latest in NASCAR. And then also funny car driver in the NHRA, Chris King. So we appreciate those great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. This episode of Southern Race Week Radio was brought to you by Spectrum Resorts. Head on over to SpectrumResorts.com and check out all the great resort areas that Spectrum uh, Resorts covers for you. So you can book yourself a nice little vacation as we get set for the summer and the school year wrapping up here uh, shortly. So, um, like I said, we appreciate you tuning in. Check out our Facebook page and uh, Twitter. Just like it at facebook.com slash southernraceweek or uh, follow us on Twitter at srwradio. And also the email address is available to you 24 hours a day, seven uh, days a week. Feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what's going on. srwradio at yahoo.com is the email address. Once again, it is srwradio at yahoo.com. So enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll catch back up with you next week for a special Charlotte Motor Speedway edition of Southern Race Week Radio. We'll have Greg Walter, the general manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, along with Winston Kelly, the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We'll be right back.